0: Heldabe Talk Radio, the official podcast of the Mandalorian Mercs. We're a costume organization dedicated to charity efforts around the globe, attending events in Mandalorian armor we've built by hand. Here on the show, we'll keep you up to date with the latest fan community news. Visit our website at www.mandalorianmercs.com.
1: Hello, and welcome to this edition of Keldabi Talk Radio. I am your host, Crow, and with me on this episode is Takur. Hello there. Hikari. Good evening. And Jaren. Good evening. All right, we are sans one Thaxos uh, this episode, so we're down one Canadian for the first time in a very long time, but we do believe he is taking a well-deserved nap, so we'll leave him to that. Sleep is good. Everybody should get enough sleep. <laughs> um, as far as Merck's news for this month, uh, there is not a ton, but a uh, very big thing that everybody should go to the announcements section of the forums and check out is the 2021 trooping requirements uh, message. In short, we are similar in our trooping requirements to last year in that there is not a required minimum because COVID is still very much with us. So we don't want to force everyone to go out. If you are able to troop safely and within your lo- local guidelines, please feel free to do so. But uh, always make sure to abide by those guidelines whenever possible.
2: There is a, a new addition to it in the fact that we've now got um, a new forum award. So if you complete five virtual events uh, in the May Fourth awards, that uh, that award will be registered next year as well.
1: Because there's really no reason a virtual event shouldn't count, you know.
2: No, absolutely. In fact, but we've been running them as family events for the last year.
1: Uh, well, supported. many many
2: aps annual. and socials, haven't we? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah we're um uh, europe in the region we ran quite large events and then um, clans have teed off from there that was a very late night event as well (laughs) that was a late night event yes (laughs) (laughs) not as long as day when we did mercs online though
3: no that was that was a very long day
1: it was i'm sure it was for you guys i mean it was long for me well lee and i started started in my time zone
2: yeah lee (laughs) and Lee and I started the breakfast show, which was essentially oh, yes. 6 a.m. Eastern Standard. Yeah. Um, so that was the, the, the kickoff event. So we did we hosted the, the breakfast event over here in Europe, just um, <laughs> a few hours before most of you were up.
1: Yeah, I was not awake. No. So I missed that. <laughs> so we won't
2: take it personally.
1: <laughs> that, was, that was fun, though. And... Um, I, for one, gained a lot of experience on on that. I've, I've taken part in, and gone to a few other, you know, virtual conventions and whatnot. And doing the MarxConline thing actually oh, that was a was a nice eye opener to how to do things uh, with some pretty good success.
2: Yeah, there it was are some a, really good great event. some really great guides and tutorials in there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of which is still available, I believe, on the YouTube channel.
1: YouTube channel. Um, A lot of it is also still archived on our Facebook page if you want to access it there as well. So there's a lot of cool stuff there. Um, Additionally, the next bit of Merck's news, also in the announcement section, which you should always peruse. There's always, if there's really any big thing you need to know, it will be there. Um, But if you are interested in joining the public relations team for the Mandalorian Marks Costuming Club. Now's the time. We have a bunch of positions open. Um, and a lot of them are actually pretty cool. Um, <laughs> we have, uh, we, I don't know if these have all been filled at the time of this release. Um, you can always contact um, the PR officer or any member of the PR team to see if any of these positions are still open or still need to be filled. Volunteers are always welcome for this sort of thing. Um, But yeah, we currently, the post says that we are looking for some folks to help out with Instagram and Twitter, managing content and monitoring and moderating those social media networks. Uh, The art team is looking for some graphic designers, uh, particularly those with illustrator experience.
2: That's quite key, actually, for for the team.
1: Yes. um, A lot of vector art goes into making basically everything that the art team puts out, so it's particularly handy. (laughs) Um, We're also looking for a Battlecry team lead. Um, There, the big criteria is if you know how to use InDesign, um, our layout software for that, industry-standard software. So that's always nice. And in general, um, if you don't feel you necessarily meet those qualifications, uh, the PR team, uh, the Battlecry team... They're always looking for people who are willing to help contribute any sort of media or moderation. Um, Like I said, any sort of volunteer efforts that you'd like to donate to the club, we're always happy to have you.
2: We have the best guard Chef every month, Um, so there's there's always recipes needed. Uh, A few other um, areas, staff writers are always good.
1: And with that, I think we can get into some star Wars news of which we have a little, a little bit this time. Uh, we gush about the remaining parts of the Mandalorian season two last time. So we can now move on to Disney and Lucasfilm's upcoming projects, which I think we'll, we have a, a list here off of the Lucasfilm website. That's quite a big uh, list. It, it's the it
2: 13 is. of them, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's
4: quite not, an exciting time. Yeah, absolutely. It is.
1: Um obviously release dates are going to fluctuate if we even know what they are right now. Most of them we don't, but we may be seeing some of these in early like sometime later this year and going forward from that. But I want to start off with the Rogue Squadron film. Something that I have been excited for since the uh stackpole novels <laughs> yeah when i was a child yeah. <laughs>
3: I've, I've still got i managed to get hold of the entire collection uh, a couple of years back and devoured all of those myself um the interesting point here is are they are they going to rewrite uh the aftermath trilogy which kind of did away with the original rogue squadron books and just reset the canon there yeah it's,
2: it's interesting and there's there's a, there's a few things that have been coming out about squadrons. Um, there was even talk about it being slightly earlier because they're talking about um, Porkins being around. So obviously, if Porkins is around, you're talking about pre-Star Wars. I, I, yeah, I still, that'd be quite. I early. still can't call it A and H, but pre-Star <laughs> pre, pre Wars. Um, but Jack Porkins, we'll see. We'll see. The era that they choose to do it from will, will will be interesting. Is it actually going to be linked at all to, um, uh, to Rogue One, um, or is it going to expand on future, um, in sort of the Mandalorian time period, post Imperial? Yeah, it's it's going to be um, an interesting project to see come about.
3: I mean, they've got some interesting villains they could play in there as well if they want to go as far as uh, Iceheart um Thrawn has they've done their own thing with Thrawn now separately so she could potentially be a big player there um Mm -hmm. but that obviously then opens up some more interesting things with um Luke's Academy which well plays very differently with the sequel canon
1: yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see where they put it and what they do with it. Cause yeah, there are some things that they've they've already like you guys have said, they've already sort of done over with the Canton already. Because mm-hmm. Red Squadron was present in Rogue One. Um they had to set up why Red Five <laughs> it for Luke. Yep. <laughs> um so like they could very much do it there, but it wasn't Rogue Squadron then. No, no. Like, it was still Red Squadron, and then it was Rogue Squadron for Empire in that, you know, the middle of the trilogy. There's still, like, what, three years they could play with yeah, yeah. in that, yeah, in that there's, span? Yeah, there's, there's, there's a time period. Um, and then they were Red Squadron again just for the Battle of Endor, just to, you know, why not? Yeah. <laughs> if we're going to blow up one Death Star, we might as well call ourselves the guys who blew up the first one. <laughs> I think My big question is, are they going to bring back Wedge in any form?
3: I mean, he, he was kind of the core of the team, and I That's think the, say- the, the dynamic of what he puts together there from the Stackpole books, if they play mm. that, the, the bunch of misfits is perfect Star Wars fodder, but I'd be worried about having a special ops-type team, as they were, crossing over a bit too much with what could possibly happen with Andor, which obviously we're going to speak about
1: later. Yeah, I think. I mean, I would love, and f- from the one little teaser we got with the uh, director, um, Patty Jenkins of Wonder Woman fame, uh, the uh, it. I hope it's Top Gun in space. Mm-hmm. In all honesty, like maybe not you know the Top Gun personalities because that's not Wedge. If they bring that character, so take, in. he so is so not
2: a So taking Ice the old. Windows games and the N64 games then so taking that route. Mm. That would be an interesting one. That would be an interesting cuz I think if I remember correctly it's my Nintendo GameCube let's take the back <laughs> a bit that that uh, I had Rogue Squadron on. Yep. Yes yeah, so that that could be um, an interesting angle.
1: Like yeah cuz I wonder I would I personally want them to bring Wedge in cuz now they brought um Mr. Dawson back for the final yes. yep. film, mm-hmm. um, so they've clearly they clearly indicate that Wedge is a Star Wars character beginning to end. He's in you know obviously Star Wars. He's in Empire. He is in Jedi. He's and in now, the aftermath
2: novels. He's Rebels in the but, yeah. aftermath
1: novel. He is oh. in um, Star Wars Squadrons, the video game. Yep. yep, makes an appearance there. So, I think it would be. It would be weird if they did Rogue Squadron without Wedge, mm. but mm. that said, are they going to have a... If it's going to be the time period that that we were just talking about, it's clearly got to be a younger Wedge. They're not going to digitally de-age Dawson no, for no, no. an entire movie. That would be silly.
3: Unless they go to Lieutenant the Ketch. <laughs> 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 and if, if Lieutenant Ketch gets at least a nod, I will be very happy
1: oh that, there are a lot of nods they could do they could do yeah lieutenant Ketch would be amazing um, for those unaware of lieutenant Ketch, he is an ewok in all seriousness and i'm not going to spoil how <laughs> <laughs> because it's one of the best parts of that of that book series i don't even remember which book it is but it is fantastic was it a
3: tie fighter he was flying or a modified tie i can't remember uh, yeah
1: I, I can't remember but yeah um piggy obviously yes um lovingly nicknamed after jack porkins who is a gamorian okay <laughs> um he actually makes a a very solid appearance in the final rogue squadron book that yes, they wrote before the canon nuke uh he's a very major character in that um And then they also, if they really want to go crazy, there are characters like uh, Corrin Horn, Mm. who wasn't a Jedi at the beginning when he was recruited for Rogue Squadron, but then became one of the most famous, most powerful Jedi of the New Jedi Order era. Mm -hmm. So that would be... I know that my wife, Ark, would rather not see another Star Wars story featuring Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that a lot of people agree, um, but maybe they have, maybe they follow a character similar who's not a Jedi, but maybe eventually finds out that he is. And that's why mm-hmm. he's such a good pilot. <laughs> yeah. I will say that is one of the things that I've, I've always liked a lot about characters like Wedge, Han, poe uh, baron fell for the empire yes they're not jedi they're but the they're best great pilots yeah yeah they are the best pilots on their own merit
2: yeah could we if if they bring it into sort of the post-imperial era could we see someone like snap wexley because when you talk about mm-hmm. the aftermath series and his mother being one of the lead pilots in the uh, rebellion at the same time so if i remember uh. right they tried to create phantom squadron
3: in aftermath and I, I regret i still regret reading it um <laughs> I, I, I did not appreciate those books um and they, they they tried to make a what essentially was a nod to and a bad copy of rogue squadron doing it in a very mm. similar vein uh but yeah snap was one of the members of that
2: yeah that was the squadron that um, wedge was putting together if i remember correctly yes yeah, yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> so um, what I think is also really notable about this one, unlike a lot of the other projects we're going to be talking about, this is actually going to be a film, um, not a TV show or a miniseries or a, you know a series of Disney Plus specials. They are actually planning on releasing sometime <laughs> in uh, December 2023, They are planning on doing another movie, which we like Disney went through that phase of we have Star Wars now. We're going to make three trilogies. It'll be great. Mm. And then they were like, we are never making another Star Wars movie. We're just doing TV.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think that was part of the release issues there around around Solo, wasn't it? Because they were determined to stick to release schedules rather than actually look at the benefit to the project. Yeah, they Um,
1: should have taken the Nintendo method where you work on it until it's done.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because I think (laughs) of the list we're going to talk about, we've got three of them are actually potentially movies. The rest of them are some form of TV release. Mm -hmm. Obviously, other than the High Republic, which we've we've, we've touched on in other areas, which is cross platform. But yeah. Also,
1: notable to this is that. Um, Patty Jenkins is a lady, uh, and she will be the first lady to ever direct a star wars film um, certainly not the first female Star Wars director because we had um a few of the directors of the Mandalorian um were yep. obviously women, and they did amazing jobs because there is no reason why a woman can't
2: <laughs> absolutely
1: none so but that'll be it'll be nice it'll be it'll be a nice change. <laughs> So
3: speaking of film, should we move on to the next on the list?
2: I think so. So, untitled. Yeah the, one that we, <laughs> yeah, the one that we have very little information on at all. Uh, uh, the, the, the
4: director alone is enough for me to decide I'm going to yeah. go watch it. <clears throat> Same. Oh, absolutely.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let someone else pronounce his name.
1: Uh, let me try. Uh, I'm the American, so it'll probably be the worst for me. Uh, the untitled Taika Waititi film. Good. Uh, as it is known, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I I agree with with Hakari wholeheartedly. Like that's all I need.
3: Yeah, yeah. Given what he brought to Thor, I mean, that uh, Ragnarok was still an outstanding film. I, I love going back and watching that, and it's one of my son's favourites. And that oh, that dynamic that he brought to it, uh, and that sort of sense of comedy and timing and some fantastic action sequences i think will lend itself perfectly to star wars
1: yeah that Mm. movie is the movie that got um chris hemsworth to actually sign back on with marvel and disney he was going to be done just like um chris evans and robert downey jr but then he got to do thor ragnarok (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's like no I, i love this character again let's yes please
2: yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think he directed one of the better episodes of The Mandalorian as well. Um, Agreed. Wasn't it? Chapter Eight: Redemption. Yes, um, yes. So it's the last one from the yeah, the work he the work he's put in. He certainly deserves deserves it. Um, mm-hmm. and and whatever he produces, is it's almost like the touch of gold, isn't it?
1: <laughs> almost, almost.
3: <laughs> so otherwise, we have no direction on
2: what it could be or where he's going with it other than he is making a film not even a timescale not sorry not timescale not even an era no clue
1: i honestly believe that kathleen kennedy just had a meeting with him and was like please make a movie for us take your time Mm. it could even be the uh,
3: (laughs) the gonk movie that everyone jokes about
0: (laughs) he would make that amazing though
2: but but you mentioned that star wars droids droids is there yep yeah
1: yeah yeah we'll talk about that in a bit though yeah yeah (laughs) uh so kenobi yes the long anticipated long hoped for second to a boba fett show slash movie which we'll also talk about um Is that one, this one, we actually have a fair amount of info for because it's been kind of brewing for such a long time. Um, And they actually spent a fair amount of time at the D23 Expo talking about it. Mm -hmm. So we do know that it is officially titled the just Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, The series is going to begin 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, but still before um, A New Hope. So right smack in the middle there. Yep um and deborah chow's at the helm which is awesome yeah absolutely <laughs> um she did some amazing work on the mandalorian as well mm-hmm. um
2: and potentially everyone's favorite villain's back
1: well we we know the villain the character villain is yes. going to be back um we do it's pretty it's pretty much it has been confirmed that Darth Vader will make an appearance and considering what they've done with Darth Vader in the last few appearances I'm very excited Mm. Um, however we'll see how this works out Hayden Christensen (laughs) has been confirmed as returning as Darth Vader to to which I have questions
2: I think Ewan was quite happy about it because he's been interviewed on several programs now um, and he seems seems excited to be working with him again, so um, it will be interesting to see how Hayden portrays him as Vader rather than how he portrayed Anakin.
1: Yeah, that's my that's my wonder. Is I've mm. I've said for years that one of the things that we'll never actually know whether or not Hayden Christensen could have been a better Anakin because Lucas was the director. Uh, With Deborah Chow directing him and maybe actually giving him some direction, he may actually be able to really, like, you know, flex and exercise his acting skills. Um, Whereas instead of do it again, but more, you know, isn't quite uh, hard for an actor to work with.
4: (laughs) Uh, See, personally, I'm more excited for his announcement going back to play that role than I was Mm. overall for the series announcement itself.
1: I think it, it does indicate that they're serious about it.
2: Mm.
1: Not just getting and McGregor to come back, which is also amazing. Um, but yeah, actually having that duo come back. You know, it's like, oh no, we, we actually want to give this a proper shot. What
2: would be more interesting is if it's going to be a single season uh, and what they can actually do in that time frame. Sand or whether lots of sand. sand. <laughs> lots of sand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or or whether you and McGregor will actually sign up to do a
1: longer run. Hard to say. Mm. I, I think
2: it's that it's
4: that one character that you're running in danger of the the Mando might suffer a similar fate as well. Obi is such a well-known character and has been in so many films and so many other TV shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's every intention that they've said, we are just doing one season to tell this one story. Mm-hmm. But if it's a commercial success, will that tune change?
2: Yeah. I mean, it had it got to a point at one stage where you and McGregor just wanted to take a step away from it because he couldn't go anywhere without being right. referred to as Obi-Wan. Um, right. I mean, I, I, I've watched um all of his round the world sort of long way down long way round long way up um mm-hmm. and wherever he goes because he's <laughs> on the bike for eight weeks and he keeps growing the beard back just everybody stops him <laughs> and everybody <laughs> wants to talk to everyone, um <laughs> and that's all he gets so it'd be interesting yeah. to see how he feels once he's once he's come back to it for a period uh whether he's signed up for a limited season or or whether there's more in the future but um I think it's going to be an exciting project. I don't think it's the most exciting um, announcement we've had in this list, but it's one that I'm looking forward to.
1: Well, it will be nice to, at the very least, just get that. I mean, we may not get closure in the Obi-Wan story as Mm. it develops, but we'll get that closure in that, yes, they are doing it. I hope they give us
2: something (laughs) different from the um, novel that we got. Because we did get the Obi-Wan novel, um, which was essentially his intervening years or his first few years um, on Tatooine um, before or rather after he dropped Luke off with with the Skywalkers or Mm. or rather with the Lars Homestead. Um, Wasn't overly keen on the novel because I don't think it gave enough information, but it will be interesting to see how they play with it.
3: Okay, so the next kind of, well, I'd say spin-off, but it's not really, Ahsoka. Um, I think this one's going to be written by uh, Dave Filoni himself.
1: Yes, uh, which, I mean, that just makes sense. You know, if he originated the character, mm-hmm. why, not? why not let him keep yeah. the reins on it? He's actually, yeah, so far, I think he has had a hand in every appearance that Ahsoka has made in Star Wars media so far.
3: So, given the the massive name drop at the end of uh, her episode of The Mandalorian, will this be the search for Thrawn and possibly Ezra? Maybe. That Maybe.
2: that that I, may have like been that. the kick-off, Yeah, <laughs> the, the tie-in.
1: And. And yeah, I was at first. I was. I think Rosario Dawson did a great job, um, like we talked about mm-hmm. uh, last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think that that was. I don't know if she is the perfect choice. I think there are a few actresses that could do the job very well um Ashley heckstein is uh, is definitely on my list as a as an excellent ahsoka um in live action, albeit shorter. she would be shorter. That would be a change <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, so i'm they have confirmed that uh, Rosario Dawson is coming back for that absolutely um they do use the term. they don't use the term in a lot of these other ones we're talking about but they are calling this a limited series so this one may just be um, another 10 episode and that's it situation
2: Mm.
1: so will we finally get to see a a live action Sabine here as well oh that would be great that would be amazing That that would be
2: uh, more, I'm, I'm more live really action wondering. Mandos anytime is good. Wait, I, I know we don't oh, need yeah.
3: another Sabine CRL, but <laughs> 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 uh, from the way they left at the end of Rebels, it was obviously the two of them going off to to find Ezra and Thrawn. Um, so, if there's one other character right. I'd love to see in there for live action, again, going back to Rebels, mm. would be um, maybe have a, a nod to Calos uh, because I, I think he's still one of the big unsung characters.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, I'm interested to see where, like, yeah, where they go with it, and we talked about this a little bit um, last episode. Uh, but with the Mandalorian story going one way, the child story potentially going another, and Boba's going yet a third, where what are we gonna do here? <laughs> like, who gets to? Are we gonna get to actually see Mandalore, the planet? Um, again and see what the heck has been going on since the end of rebels what the empire actually did yeah
2: yeah what happened to it through the purge
1: yeah they've laid that real heavy Mm. for both seasons of the mandalorian and it's just like but what but what's happening and yeah i do wonder if we're gonna see a little bit a little bit of that in the ahsoka series
2: it would be interesting to see because obviously we've got bo fighting to get Mandalore back. So will we see that in part of Mandalorian Season 3? Or will we see that in any of these expanded projects?
1: Always an and interesting yeah,
2: they've,
1: one. They've definitely intimated that bo and Ahsoka have had contact over the years because yep. bo does specifically say, go find Ahsoka. She's yep. on this planet. Mm-hmm. So she's clearly up on current events. So that's exciting um, the next thing this is a this is one of the ones that it's really nebulous and we're not quite sure what it's going to be but the Rangers of the New Republic it's all we really know is that it's set within the timeline of the Mandalorian um, but that's it
3: I would it's- happily see some more Cobb Vanth here I think he, he oh, yeah. it was a great introduction
1: yeah yeah, I would I would love to see that. And I do wonder, yeah, is this just gonna be like the like the Felony and uh Appa, um X-Wing pilots just being lawmen in the galaxy? Um they do mention that it will intersect with future stories and culminate into a climactic story event. So I almost wonder if they're setting this up to be the crossover series between all of these series.
2: Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of potential, but it's not one that I have a great desire for. I think. Well, we don't. because we, we don't know talking. anything. No, there's yeah, nothing we, to be I excited mean, there's, there's, for. There's nothing there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Other than the fact that it is John Favreau and Dave Filoni again.
1: Yeah. Which I mean, never, nothing. I'm never going to be mad about that combination. No, ever. No. <laughs> <laughs> It's just not this not something I can ever be upset about. <laughs> yeah, there,
3: there's, a, there's a lot of opportunity for what they can do with that. But again, we, without much detail, it, it's hard
2: to see where where they will go with it. No, absolutely. Oh, so we've got, uh, what's the next one down there? Lando. Oh. Yes. yes. Some, more, I, some, more, uh, <sighs> some more Donald.
3: There's a one... I hope... One little yeah. takeaway scene where he was recording his uh, Calrissian chronicles, and I, I would genuinely love to see old Lando telling a story that is played by young
2: Lando.
4: That is oh, my yeah. genuine hope I, for it
2: as well. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, yes, yes, I think yes. that is the ideal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just have him at like the equivalent of a book signing, mm. you know? <laughs> and then it just you know just tell it at the card
2: table, holler news news. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and yeah just yeah they could even be a different setup every episode every story mm. you know it could just be like yeah one night he's he's gambling next night he's at a book signing next night he's on a chat show like <laughs> all of that would be great and then every time it just wipes away and just donald glover turns around with a cape swirl and we're in that again sounds uh, like
2: sounds like you're writing it to me
1: Oh man, like I would, I would love to <laughs> like the Lando character has consistently been one of my favorite characters in mm. the franchise, in all of his incarnations. Um, and I was so incredibly thrilled when they brought Billy Dee Williams back for the sequel trilogy. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, even it though
2: t- it took them long enough,
1: it did, it really did. They could have brought him in an, a movie early and it would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Um, even though his end scene with someone who might be his daughter was awkward as hell, I <laughs> they he was perfect in the role again, and seeing Donald Glover just kill it, he oh, so captured solo, him perfectly, didn't he? Yeah, mm. and a lot of that was because he was he took it as seriously as he takes everything, and he actually yeah. went to Billy D. Williams and was like, "How do I be Lando? How do I be you?"
2: <laughs> That's How a conversation I, I would have liked to have heard. <laughs> oh my
3: god, yes. <laughs> so I think it's uh, it'll be a a very light hearted series. There's there's a lot of fun they can have with that.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, even just basic stuff like him meeting L three, him getting the Falcon for the first time. Yeah, yep.
2: can we get more yeah. L three action? That'd be good. Oh please, yes. Mm. I mean,
3: obviously, there's, second there's a history
2: there part. with Kira. Um, <laughs> yep and others, um, <laughs> and Crimson um, Crimson Dawn. So, yep.
1: Yeah. I think that's that's one of the beauties of the Lando character. He has history with almost everybody at some so level.
2: We can see the underbelly mm-hmm. almost of, of the universe and, and get more of an insight into it. So the dirtier side, not just the, the rebellion and, and the imperial side.
1: Everything in between. Uh, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, there's so much that they can play with.
1: Oh yeah, and let's see. The only other the only other hard fact about it that we know is it is being directed by Justin Simien. I'm sorry if I pronounced his name wrong. Um, famous for the movie Dear White People, so I'm excited about that. <laughs> so I'm 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 very excited to see that Disney is honestly and seriously branching out into. New direction. They're not just bringing back the same five directors to do everything. Mm-hmm. Yep, they're actually like they're getting new writers. They're getting people who grew up with Star Wars. They're getting people who who honestly care about the franchise as much as we do because they're fans as well. Um, but they actually know how to make a good film on top of that. Mm-hmm. So it's. I mean, we joked about me writing Lando. We don't want me to write Lando. We don't really. <laughs> I would oh. love it, but <laughs> that would just be a mistake. <laughs> It'd be like an entire episode of him just going through his wardrobe.
2: <laughs> It'd be and hilarious,
1: I but it, why I think, would you watch I think it?
2: That could, I think that could actually be just one episode, though, couldn't it? it it's it could. such a large wardrobe. <laughs> but it's all capes.
1: It's all and capes. It, and it's
2: all bright color. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Okay, so moving on from Lando, because I could talk about Lando for the rest of this episode. Um, I see no issue with that. (laughs) Um, We'll actually talk about Andor, which I'm excited for because we actually, the last time that we seriously talked about Andor was at MercsCon 1 down in Florida Mm -hmm. over two years ago. (laughs)
2: Well it's Almost. filming now and it's filming or at least the the sets that we've seen the photographs of are about about 25 miles from where I live not that in lockdown we've had much of a chance to travel and not that we'd probably get too close but um it's it's definitely in progress. Now this is the one where 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 um Jaron was talking about uh callous. I think we're more likely to see the fulcrum side of things come up in andor that's a good call mm-hmm. and i think andor is probably where callus would be a good call a good link um but bearing in mind that andor had links potentially into the fulcrum network that this is going to be an interesting one yeah i have i have a lot of hope for it
3: if, if they keep the same sort of gritty tone that rogue one did Mm. um i think it's been yeah a That opening series. sequence yeah uh, look, i think that from commentary from alan Tudyk we won't see k2so in season
4: 1 uh oh, but that's that's vague yeah. <laughs> he he was
1: vague because it's it's been confirmed we will at some point see k2so mhm and i mean he could be straight up lying he could be. There's, there's, yep. there's nothing saying that an actor has to tell the truth in those interviews.
4: Absolutely not.
1: He but could, I thought he be. was even
4: more obscure than that, of just he was. K2SO is not there to begin with. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, like, because they got to dive into that at some point. Yeah. Like, how, how does he meet a reprogrammed. Or, yeah, how do they steal, oh. inevitably, a security droid and reprogram it? And how does it get assigned as. Cassian's partner. Yeah, it can't, and how much does he enjoy that? <laughs> it can't be as easy
2: as K5 in Rebels. It's definitely can't kind be of that easy. <laughs>
1: no.
3: No. <laughs> no, I think if, if anything, this will be probably the slightly more, maybe the wrong word for it, but adult series of the lot. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Possibly gives them a chance to pursue a few more morally ambiguous questions and storylines. If going by his... Um, I've been in this since I was six years old. Speech was anything to go by. Uh, he's obviously mm-hmm. done some pretty dark things in the past.
1: Well, yeah, because you look at the um, the squad that he has ready to go off and disobey orders mm-hmm. and go to Scarif and Rogue One, and he just points at everybody behind him. It's like spies, assassins, saboteurs. Like, And you look at that group and you're like, yeah, every single one of these, these guys has killed someone recently. Huh. Okay.
2: And with skill. (laughs) Um,
1: the cast on it is, I don't know all the names, but a couple of the big names that pop out aside from, um, Diego Luna is Stellan Skarsgård. It's going to be in it in some capacity. Mm -hmm. Um, Genevieve O'Reilly is going to be back as Mon Mothma, um, which is a fantastic choice. So, um, couple other names that i don't recognize but that's okay i don't know everybody
2: no it's it's interesting i just there's, there's a there's a couple of names i recognize but i'm not sure why ah fiona shaw was um harry potter's aunt <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's
1: that's, that's, a, well, that's
2: why yeah. i recognize her name <laughs>
1: that's a choice okay okay um,
2: <laughs> yeah there, there's there's a there's a couple of names there as you say
1: Let's see uh... who is who is this one Uh, Kyle Soller who are you nope don't know who you are oh he's been in oh just lots lots of British TV okay that Mm -hmm. makes sense anyway um, yeah I'm excited that that is finally happening Um, and that should be uh, 2022 they don't have a specific month on this yet No, Um, it'd be interesting
2: to see how much much filming they're actually able to do at the moment, but um, they they apparently started back in January.
1: So the next thing on the list we have, um, similarly vague, um, but we have a little bit of details on the plot um, the acolyte is going to be a new. Um, they don't specifically say if it's going to be a series or a movie or what. I know there is a bit more
2: information um, when you look into it. They are talking about it being a, a, a live action series. Oh, cool! Um, it's. I think there was a, a Disney Investors Day that Kathleen Kennedy gave a, a bit more information on. It's it's tying in with the High Republic series. Um, so I think this is going to be the, the TV element of the High Republic, but it's at the dying days of the High Republic. Um, and potentially it's leading into um, not the birth of the Sith as such, but potentially leading into the birth of the Sith Empire. Um, so there's a, bit of, there's a bit of information out there, but it's still teasers. So knowing how Disney have liked to tease over the last few years, it may or may not be the truth. Um, but it, it's one if it if it is heading down that route it's the one for me outside of the mandalorian it's the one that is the one that gets my bones going that's that's the one that i'm <laughs> really looking forward to if i remember right there's no major sith
3: bad guys throughout the high republic from the information that i've read they've, they've got no, few, that's right they've got a, a common a couple of common enemies but there'll be no sith so i'm wondering if this will play into the the rule of two that was set up by Bane, which I'd assume is way, way before the high Republic. Um, so this may, again, leaping a bit a bit further ahead, might start leading into mm-hmm. the Plagueis stuff.
1: Yeah. Because do they have, with the high Republic, because I'm not, I'm still not too up on it, even though they've started releasing things. Um, do we have a definitive like time scale for that like do we have a, a when about, that ends it's
2: about and... 700 years before if i remember because yoda's talk yoda's about sort of two three hundred years old mm-hmm. that sort of era. i haven't read any of the books yet yeah, so mm-hmm. so bane would have been before that so the
3: sith yeah. Sith empire itself would there, there was, i mean there will be no sith they, there was, they're literally just in hiding mm-hmm. um so yeah having having a re rebirth of the sith at the end of that will be very, very interesting to see. Or it could be that they're potentially leading up for one of the major paragons of their, their light side characters falling gradually throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like the, so taking the information from the um, Star Wars webpage, it looks like the director has come from uh, Russian doll, uh, which is quite a, A short little series Uh, if you haven't seen it i'd I'd strongly recommend it it's um that's um leslie headland yeah it's it's a very interesting little series takes takes Mm. a bit of getting your head around but it was quite, quite fun to watch and i think she'll bring an interesting pace to
2: it as i say it's it's the one for me that that outside of the mandalorian is is the one that i'm most interested in in seeing how it develops um i think like 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 most people who are um of an era growing up with star wars jedi was the way you wanted to go but as you get older <laughs> the City's where you want to be
4: i just des- <laughs> i desperately want stories that aren't jedi based
2: yeah uh, yeah yeah absolutely not not the clean-cut jedi based um and, yeah. and definitely not saga um saga storyline <laughs> um so it'd be interesting to see how that one develops
1: yeah because that was one of the nicer things that we did get out of ahsoka's entire storyline within the last season of the clone wars and Mm -hmm. jumping all the way through rebels and up to her appearance in the mandalorian is through that entire phase she's not a jedi yeah Mm -hmm. very clearly not but she is still swinging lightsabers and using the force and whatnot but not as a jedi and it is nice to actually like With this, like that was sort of the intermediate grey side, but it'll be nice to actually explore, like, why why are the Sith this way? Mm. Like, are they all bad just to be bad? Or are they all, like, tortured souls like Darth Vader? Like, give us more.
2: Yeah, there's there's certainly a lot that can be explored and brought forward for us. Which leads us on, because you're talking about Clone Wars definitely true. not jedi this
4: time
1: <laughs> oh yes actual clones <laughs> um yeah the bad batch which is the first half of the final season of clone wars the
2: uh <laughs> the yeah the first first story arc that came out in series seven series six whichever one they're they're touting it as but yeah, yeah we, so they're, they're getting their own series
1: yeah, the Star Wars Dirty Dozen um inglorious Bastards uh yeah. Rambo like the uh I I unfortunately can't remember a lot of these characters names individually but like ha, the 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 lead dude's Rambo. He just is. <laughs> like that's, there's no they they're not even hiding it. Hun- <laughs> Hunt Hunter. Hunter, yes. Yeah. Um and from the sizzle reel it looks like um
2: yeah, it's it's leading on from Clone Wars because Fives yeah. is still with
1: them. Yep, um, yep. but it's literally going after is... the end of Clone Wars. Mm. So, so this is nice because yeah, we'll get to see them, you know, deal with the post the post Clone War army. Um, uh, you know, see how they they deal with the, the rise sizzle. of the Empire.
2: The Sizzle yeah. reel brings in um, Fennec Shand as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. <laughs> like i gotta say i i always misread the bad batch when i mm-hmm. see it um i'm not gonna say how i read it but i misread it pretty constantly um and uh, i'm excited because yeah like more clones
2: that's gonna be Those. the first one of these we're gonna see i think
1: yes yeah mm. that's this particular article doesn't have a date, but that one will be coming up relatively soon. I, I think believe. with
2: October, November time, if I remember. Yeah, I mean, from the
3: sizzle, they, they've obviously got a lot of the, the storyboard and stuff down mm.
1: at the very least. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Officially ordered July 2020. Okay. Yeah. It just says, according to Wikipedia.org, you know, source of all factual information, <laughs> it does say that uh, it'll premiere sometime this year, 2021. So Disney plus only naturally, which really shouldn't be a surprise to anybody at this point. Mm -hmm. I'm paying for it. So, yeah, give me the content. Let's do it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm interested to see on that because so far of all the projects that they've announced, this is the first one to actually be um, specifically animated, like completely animated. Mm-hmm. Um, all the other ones that we've talked about so far have either been live action films or TV series
4: But I think I th- they had a long long run of years when mm. everything was animated
1: oh yeah nothing but animation but I'm glad to see they're not abandoning it because that is like um, that's how we got Dave Filoni he was always an animator first and then they happened to give him The Mandalorian as a TV show with um, John Favreau so I'm glad to see that they're still using the the animation department that they've set up over the years and still still continuing to use those tools to give us more stuff too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, there's, there's, with, there's,
2: there's, there's nothing wrong with animation. I think it, it's, mm-hmm. it's certainly for exploring the universe. We wouldn't be where we are no. without what Dave Filoni did with Clone Wars.
3: Yeah, I mean, the, sh- exactly. the sheer scope and variety mm. of environments and the scale of Clone Wars couldn't, couldn't have been done sensibly with uh live action Um, uh no they did so much more with it
1: so moving on from that um we have the suitably vaguely named star wars visions um which is it's sort of more of a collection or anthology this isn't an individual series um But this is actually kind of neat because this is bringing in something that we haven't seen in Star Wars for for a while. Um, It's going to be a series of short anime films um, from who they quote as the world's best anime creators. um, Bring 10 fantastic visions from several of the leading Japanese anime studios offering a fresh and diverse cultural perspective to Star Wars. Because if you remember, years ago, they actually had um, Star Wars manga. Um, Did they? Which was always neat. Because that, uh, that, like, the manga creators just approach things differently than Western comic authors. Mm-hmm. So we usually got a lot of the darker Star Wars. Like, we got to see Darth Vader cutting people in half. I must so
2: have I'm missed excited. an error. I'm going uh, <laughs> have to have to look into that.
1: Oh, yeah. No, that's... Uh, It's older. It's definitely older stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And speaking of like animation and the things you can do with it, um, anime has been getting close to Star Wars or as close to Star Wars as they can for years um, from a creative standpoint. Like how many great space shows are there out Mm -hmm. there? Um, Just give me that. But Star Wars, like I sign me right up. Yep. Unfortunately, we know literally nothing else about it. Um, as far as we know, none of these are even going to be connected. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite a vague description, isn't
1: it? Yeah. Yeah, to my knowledge, they don't actually even have... Um, they don't have anybody quoted as being one of the studios or creators working on it yet um so we don't know really don't know much about it at all <laughs> <laughs> and but, last uh, of
3: the uh well the last of the star wars that we know of is well again possibly the Gonk story well a, a droid story
2: <laughs> a droid story <laughs>
1: uh i hope so um I really, I really do. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's hard to know again
3: what what they will be doing with this. Um, just from the synopsis, an intersection of animation and visual effects. Uh, so this this yep. could literally go anywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it could be live action, could be Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but it's a droid. Yeah, um,
2: ILM like... to develop a special Star Wars adventure for Disney Plus. That's, <laughs> that's got a lot in there, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um it doesn't even say yeah, is it going to be a series of shorts? Um doesn't say if it's going to be it doesn't say what it's going to be at all. Um but I yeah, I do hope that it uh that will be starring a gonk droid, um Star Wars' favorite walking battery. <laughs> Um, or a my... or a
3: mouse droid. The mouse droid would be <laughs> fantastic.
1: Yeah. Two uh two things I've almost built so many times. I've almost built a gonk mm. costume a half dozen times. Started looking into building a mouse droid. Like every time I go to celebration and I see the uh the collection of mouse droids in the droid builders room, I always like I got to do one.
2: <laughs> we were talking about doing um uh a gonk build at one point, weren't we? Yep. Think, um it's weird.
1: relatively easy as far as the the core of it. It's essentially just two Rubbermaid totes, some um, like dryer vent oh, yeah. hose, and yep. then you know. But big old boxes for shoes, and th- then you just make it beautiful. I think
2: we had plans to put um, power supplies in it so we could charge phones and things and use it as a <laughs> power station for display at um, troops. Yeah.
1: But, uh, as intended. Yeah,
2: absolutely. <laughs>
3: once, once I have workshop space back, which will be soon, I will, I will, I will be doing things.
2: <laughs> there you go. That's a Vokchi project online. Yeah. And <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, the, the one thing with Droid Story is I hope they don't quite go back to the um, to the nineteen eighties.
1: <laughs> oh, and, and, oh, and just do droids again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. Looking at this, I'm not seeing a lot of places where they're they're planning on just doing the same again, but different. Mm. Which is it's it's nice. It's good to see that they're at least with <laughs> at the beginning of these projects. They're not like we don't just want to do the you know the Lando Calrissian, Calrissian adventures. Just do the books into shows. We don't necessarily yeah. want to do that. Um, so I'm I'm excited. This is the next two three years are going to be, hopefully, two three really good years for Star Wars fans. There's
2: there's there's a few things coming out, a few things coming out because. Not only have we got these projects that we're talking about. Obviously, Lucasfilm have got other couple of projects in the pipeline. We're, we're talking sort of indie Willow with with yeah, or with Lucasfilm Games as well with with the change over there.
3: Well, yeah, I mean you've got the massive uh, departure from EA exclusivity there.
2: That will be probably the best thing that they could do.
4: Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, historically, I'd agree with you that the last mm. two offerings—the yeah, uh, the, the fact offerings. they successfully pulled off a totally solo single-player game without loot crates—and mm-hmm. 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 for it to be deemed a commercial success—I mm-hmm. think possibly is the only reason they staved off for another game. Yeah,
1: I think so. Like Star Squadrons, by all rights, um, should not be as good as it is. And it's still got it's still got some problems, but as to be expected from an EA game. But yeah, it'll it'll be nice to, you know, I'm looking forward to maybe some Ubisoft problems or <laughs> some Bioware problems. <laughs> you know, like all of these all these game companies have the little things that they always do wrong. Yeah, let's, let's look at some of this. the Assassin's yeah, yeah.
3: Creed early bugs
1: and uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, it's it happens. No game company's perfect, but you know, maybe not EA. In yeah the EA all the time i still have I, I will confess i still have not played Fallen order literally everybody has told me that it is a great game that i should buy it is but i still haven't i still haven't played it <laughs>
2: uh, so i thoroughly th- th- th-
4: enjoyed it mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. after our last recording i think hikari woke up one morning to find that he had um he had squadrons there for him to play as well Cause <laughs> i can confirm that did
4: <laughs> join us
2: yeah we had we had a good session as a podcast team didn't we
1: we did it, yeah. was, it was a lot of fun i wouldn't say um, pro but I, it was good yeah. <laughs> and, and you don't have to be pro like i generally play once a week usually wednesday nights with my friends and we almost always play co-op versus ai mm-hmm. like Mm-hmm. We don't. We're we're here to play the game and have fun. We're not here to get stopped by level hundred fifty people who don't have jobs. Like we, we want to enjoy the game. <laughs> <laughs> B wings are fun. B wings are fun. B wings are fun. Defenders are fun.
2: Um, yeah, defenders are fun.
1: They're they're a lot of work, but mm-hmm. they're fun. <laughs> and and I think one of the one of the things that having more game developers be involved in star wars is that we're not going to get the same sorts of games like ea knows how to make battlefront Mm -hmm. that's sort of that's their their game the ea is not going to give us a kotor-esque rpg no this is not their not their style but bioware ubisoft yes they would do that for us Um, neither of them are going to give us a, uh, a star Wars RTS um, in the veins of um, like rebellion or um, trying to remember, I bought it on the steam sale (laughs) galaxy at war, you know, things like that. Um, Which it's been, it's been a while since we've had a lot of those games. So it's, Mm -hmm. we're due it's time.
3: Um, and speaking of KOTOR, obviously, we're now hearing rumors of, a, a, a remaster, which would be fantastic,
2: or potentially an actual KOTOR 3. Well, they did a remaster of KOTOR on the Android and Apple platforms. Mm-hmm. That they came did. out recently. Yep. Um, have to admit, I was a bit shocked when the advert came out. I thought it was free. Uh, <laughs> and then when I went to download it, there was a nice little bill. So it's like, ah, it's not too bad. Um <laughs> But yeah, KOTOR Three would be an interesting, whether it be a a remake, a rehash, bring it up to date, or whether a complete different scenario. But um, I think any gaming platform out there bringing out some new Star Wars games is going to be uh, get a bit more business from me now. Having Agreed. done, having played Fallen Order and Squadrons, I'm getting a bit more back into my back into my gaming. Covid's probably to blame for that.
4: Well, yes, yes it is. Covid's COVID. probably to thank for that. Thank for that. Yes, yeah, sorry, <laughs> blame I, I blame is it the for
2: you. blame is the word my wife uses.
3: <laughs> I think we're still both playing uh, Galaxy of Heroes on mobile apps as well, aren't we?
2: Yes, we are. Yeah. Yeah, I managed to unlock um Lightside Reven recently. Um I'm getting him up to about level 11, level 12. So I'm I'm, I'm getting him there. Yeah.
3: I'm- slowly looking at working towards the new beskar version of mando but um it's a slog
2: that's yeah that's immense yeah i I still haven't got my um v1 um up to full capacity yet
3: oh he's great the amban rifle just disintegrates everything
2: yep (laughs)
3: i've got that i've got that
2: yeah oh look it's an unbeatable (laughs) tank team not anymore yeah squad of bounty hunters with um with the amban yeah definitely Yeah, there's there's definitely an interesting future out there with the Lucasfilm projects. Um, I think what we're looking at is the next, what, three to four years' worth is what they've announced. Mm -hmm. So so if it all comes off, and if it all comes off as well as they've done with The Mandalorian, I think we're laughing. Um, (laughs) Whether every single one will come off to that same extent is yet to be seen.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Um, I think the leadership that they have in charge of Star Wars right now, they have a good vision ahead of what they actually want to do. And they have the ability to get good creators to do what they want to do. I don't think we're going to end up with the sort of situation that Marvel had with a lot of their Netflix shows where they built up to be this big crossover event that fell flat. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, like, only like, I don't know. They tried to make something that was greater than the sum of its parts, yeah. but when the the sum of the parts are very small and bad, then it's really not going to help anything.
2: <laughs> so we'll leave one. So we'll leave one division to one side. I think, no, I think that's. part of the concern I've got
4: with um some of these Star Wars TV shows, where going back to that Obi one, where they say they're doing one season. Netflix went into those Marvel shows with a clear roadmap that said we will do one season on each of these four characters followed by a fifth season that is The Defenders. Yep. Mm-hmm. Daredevil season and- season one hit. The commercial success then drove two, three, and four. Yeah. And you immediately lose your roadmap. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that is is that that is where I would agree with you that it fell on its face.
1: Yeah. Yeah, if they had stuck to that original plan that you said, it would have been much better because they would have had to be like, "All right, this is our beginning and end, and we need to fill it with great stuff."
3: Yeah, stand, stand Instead, stand-alone each of the first
1: long-running series.
3: Stand-alone each of the first series were were fantastic, um, but yeah, once it started really crossing over, it it just lost its way.
1: Well, I think that's actually the end of all the star Wars news that we have. My goodness. Wow. So I actually have a armor related question for all of you. Okay. Um, because it's been a long time since we've talked about making armor on this show, um, for this club where we all make armor. Um, when you're making a, say, I would like to say, what is everybody's preferred method of getting a helmet done? Like, do you buy a pre-made helmet that you just need to paint? Do you scratch build? Um, what's everybody's preferred go-to? I'd I say we throw straight
4: to our, our resident maker here for the first answer. <laughs> yeah. Um,
3: if... If I wanted something unique for a specific design I had in mind, I would CAD model it and print it. Um, having done this several times, um, and if I just wanted to build a standard costume, I'd probably buy resin. Um, but for, for that personal touch, I'd, I'd still go with... I'd design it myself, model, print, and finish in full. But I know there's there's upsides and downsides to sort of every approach to it um Mm -hmm. but it's like for for post imperial i'm not going to say any off the shelf boba django style helmet would be fine but there are some definite shortcuts that can make things easier for people um some of it's all going to come down to how much time you've got to put into the project um how much of a sort of unique design you want um and also how much budget you've got
2: I think that's that's quite key, isn't it? It, it comes comes down to budget and availability. Uh, mm-hmm. I know, I I I am one of the uh, what one hundred and twenty odd people in the club who've got a, an executioner helmet, so mine needs to change. I am um, not prepared to cut up my helmet, but um, I have. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, I mean it, it's my first bucket, so it's going to become my personal display piece. Um, But I've been very lucky to have um, Jaren around as our resident printer, who's done quite a lot for me. Um, But I've also been lucky to have uh, a unique design um, made available to me from um, Stormseeker Studios. So for me, the 3D print market has been fantastic. Um, Jaren's been able to modify a couple of designs for me. Um, so I'm able to put in things like speaker kits, um, amplifier kits into my bucket um, and hide them within the design. So it depends on what you want to do with it. Buying a standard off-the-shelf resin bucket was my first foray in. Um, My second and third buckets have been printed, uh, one as a custom design um, and one as a bought STL file with a couple of modifications to allow me to put personal bits of kit into the bucket. Mm-hmm. Um, so it comes down to what you want in the long run um, and and where you are. Um, being UK-based, there's not many resin manufacturers, resin suppliers at the moment. Um, and the cost of shipping from... And tax. And tax from, from US um, puts a lot of people off. So you, we're not just looking at the... Initial bucket cost. We're looking at potentially another sixty to seventy dollars on top of that in mm. tax cost when it hits the UK. Um, uh, could be the same for Europe. I'm not sure exactly what their what their rules are. We don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So having having um, 3D printed bucket availability is great. We've got members in in the clan in the past who've built their own from scratch, as a lot of people do. Um, it comes down to your skill set and, and, and what you're prepared to do. Um, and I accept that my skill set, I'm not a crafter. Um, so I, I, would, I would buy a pre-done bucket or as I have done, um, cozy up to a friend and ask them to do <laughs> the odd project. <laughs> Looking at the,
3: the three I have approved and the, the fourth that's in progress, we have a fiberglass night owl. Uh, which was bought, and that's my first bucket, and I, st- I still absolutely love that. The second was a uh, printed um, pre-Vizsla style. Um, again, a very unique style to that, but that's that's what I wanted for that kit. Uh, the third is an April Storm drop bear. Again, because I loved uh, the, the design and model that she's got there, and that was that's very nice to finish in ABS. Um, and the fourth will be a modified Black Series Proto um so yeah there's there's a lot of different approaches you can take
2: hmm.
4: so i'm i'm now going to come in on this at a different end of a spectrum mm-hmm. i have a melon of a head
2: <laughs> um, and he's not joking there uh
4: takur has referenced his current executioner um there are photos of me trying it on at a troop and i effectively wear it like a fez <laughs> The the opening does not come past my my brow and a, and a standard Boba will basically hit my cheekbones and stop. So, um, I personally really like the animated Death Watch style. And I'm going to name drop them because they're not, they're not in business anymore. Um, Eternal Armory's Death Watch was the first helmet I bought, and it's resin cast. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up buying a second from them for a, for a cannon build. Um, I bought a third one from a friend who never finished his build. Um, So, I have three of them looking at me now. I have one of their Night Owl helmets, which is technically child-size, so that's purely a display piece for when we go out with the clan. And I just picked up a fifth helmet, which is from Soulseek Studios, Stormseeker Studios even, um, which again, is resin cast. Um, But I've faced all the problems that Takur said with the, every time I buy something, the slush casting, rotor casting, whatever your local term for it is, is very American-based. Yeah. Um, in the UK, there are people that make helmets, but they tend to do it by f- like fiberglass inlay. So they'll, they'll use fiberglass gel coat to give that smooth outside surface, but then it's fiberglass inlay. Um, and again, all of the ones that I've tried in the UK don't fit me. Otherwise, that would be a market that I'd have available. <laughs> So yeah, 3D, 3D printing, so even the helmet that I recently bought, it was really dicey on if it was going to fit. Um, and the maker even came to an agreement with me for a 3D printed option, purely in fear of it not fitting.
2: <laughs> Unfortunately, it fit. Otherwise, I may have purchased that helmet off him. <laughs> yeah, I think
3: with, with helmets, there's, there's a lot of latitude. I mean, I'm... I'm not personally a big fan of all the 3D-printed armor. I think there's a lot of potential problems there. Um, but helmet-wise, yeah, there, there's so many approaches. I mean, I've seen, again, as, as Simon was, uh, Taku was saying earlier, um, there's a lot of scratch-built buckets that people have built that are absolutely amazing. Um, some work done with with Sentra or even built up with card and then built over with... Um, Bondo and filler, and they're, they're incredible. You can't tell the difference.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, we've got someone doing a. Um, is it Pepperkura? Yes. Yeah, yeah, some someone one of our foundlings is doing a, a pep, um, helmet at the moment, and then that'll likely be fiberglassed, or, or resin coated from there. Um, so there's, there's there's different ways of, of doing it. It's, so it say comes down to skill set, budget. And um, how much you like sanding. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. I'm really hoping resin printers just start getting bigger and bigger beds. I've... If, if we can see in the... <laughs> it, it, if, if you look at the normal 3D printers, because I, I live vicariously through Jarin's, uh printing, from an outsider's perspective, it looks like over the last five years, 3D printing itself has come on tenfold. Mm-hmm. And it looks like, again, from the outside, that resin printers are now starting on that same curve like ABS and PLA printers were maybe three, three and a half years ago.
3: Mm-hmm. So I've, I've seen a couple of printed helmets. Um, the first one I saw was done, I think, on a Piopoly Phenom, But even then, that had to be sliced into two parts and joined. And that's that's one of the bigger commercially available printers but then you're looking at from the uk probably between two and three thousand pounds for the printer um yeah. other than that you're getting into industrial scale which is extremely expensive but there's i've not oh, yeah. really seen anybody test the strength of the printed resins so far there's a lot of interesting reading on actually blending different types of resin together so some for strength some for elasticity some to be a little easier to finish like using the water washable rather than the the standard stuff which is horrible to clean up um and again it's it's moving so fast that no one's really seen what the longevity of these helmets will be like on a shelf um there's there's a lot of interesting things up I say interesting things that there are a lot of problems that crop up where with a, a standard uh, FDM three D print you would use infill and have essentially a, a hollow model. Um, when you try and do that with a resin printer, you get pockets of resin inside, which can expand and blow the outer shell out. Um, yeah. And this is fine if it's just a little statue that you've got on your shelf, but for something like a helmet or blasters, which I'm trying to look at myself, um, you have to essentially print it solid or there are going to be problems, but then it's looking at ways of minimising the materials but not compromising the strength. Um, Mm. And I'd fear that a a printed helmet would be fairly brittle until people start getting that actual mix of resins right to give it a bit of bounce as well. But again, we've all seen what happens when a a decent cast resin helmet drops and the, the horror that follows um yes yes i have there's a lot of potential (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of potential for the the 3d printed resin helmets to to come along and as, as hikari said give it a year or two and we'll we'll probably see those size machines in people's workshops i mean when even what uh i picked up my mars which is fairly small now um year 18 months back and that was great what you could do with it then but then the Saturn came along six months later and it's, it's like three four times the volume um, still not quite helmet size but now at the point where I, I can seriously think about oh, I'm just going to resin print this blaster in one piece um, and it makes a big difference especially when it comes to f- uh, post-processing you mean sanding. Oh, yes.
2: <laughs> water washable
3: Posted resin. Processing. Yeah. Print it in water washable. <laughs> chuck it in a bowl of hot water for five minutes. Take the supports off. You're done. Maybe a light sand for the primer to stick. And that's, that's about all you have to it. Mm-hmm. But if you spill that resin, <laughs> you know about it. Yeah. Just, there's, there's, there's been no real... There's a lot of uh, debate about how safe... The liquid resin is whether it's carcinogenic uh whether the fumes are bad to breathe in um and i you know i don't think we're going to start seeing proper answers on that maybe for two or three years yet
1: um yeah we just don't know yet.
3: no, no. again we, we still don't know the long term effects of even like pla everyone says it, it's safe and obviously abs you don't want the fumes in your face um but especially with, with the liquid resins just it, it's too new it's moving too fast Hmm. Hmm.
1: See, and this is why I usually just buy my helmets. Uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, granted, I have a large advantage being here in the U.S., where a large number of helmet makers exist. Um. I have had. Well, my first bucket was just a, a Django two-piece, standard, basic, uh, Ruby's Django mm-hmm. that was fiberglassed and bonded together, and I still have it. And it still looks great. Um. A bit small for the faceted armor that I've got now, like lo- makes me look a little little pinheaded. So I switched to a uh, a DSB back when he was in business. Um, bought that off of Muriel, uh because it was a B pole that I bought off of Muriel. I was able to buy it relatively cheap, so that was cool. And recently, I have I'm trying out um, one of the uh, kick the bucket vac form abs helmets Mm -hmm. okay still haven't actually finished it Mm -hmm. but it is because it's just uh just abs it is nice and sturdy and it is wonderfully light (laughs) Uh, as opposed to as opposed to the the dsb which is good resin nice and solid but it is a a little heavy it's not the heaviest helmet I've, i've tried on but it's uh but yeah the um, the ABS vac form helmet is almost as light as a Django two-piece. Um, and we'll see once I get the visor and all the grebes in it, and once I finish bondoing and sanding it, which I started a year ago and still haven't finished. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll see how uh, how light it stays, but it's I imagine it's going to be very comfortable. I tried to scratch build a helmet once with card and bondo and fiberglass and just made a hash of it and it's uh it's a it's a it's a conversation piece at conventions now. It's just like if you're not patient, you get this. <laughs> if you are patient, I point <laughs> at uh one of my uh are actually the new regional commander for the Northeast US region over here, Vastum. Mm-hmm. He's hand he's scratch built every helmet for himself and his daughters, and they all look fantastic. <laughs> so it's just like you not patient, you get this. You are patient, you get one of those. <laughs>
2: it's nice it's nice to have that foil that you can bounce off and show people the difference. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, I mean, it is nice to also show people that progress. It's just like, yeah, yeah, no, my first try was this, and now I look like this. Like, you always learn. You always grow.
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely do that with, do that with any piece of kit you're building. Mm-hmm. So has anybody got any projects on the go at the moment they want to talk about? What, what 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 kit upgrades are people doing at the moment?
1: I am doing a full kit replacement for the most part. Um, yep. my, my current set is, it's fine, uh, but it's old. I've had it for about two years now. It's starting to, the repairs are starting to be attached to repairs, so we're, we're getting, we're, it's coming time. Um, I also wanted to match my wife, Ark, she's had a snow kit for many years, and where we live up here in the great white north of Maine, it just fits. Um, so that's my my overhaul is new plates, new flight suit, new helmet, um, carrying over a couple of parts, but otherwise it's going to be a brand new kit.
2: I think I'm in, in, a, in a similar process at the moment, as I say, with, with swapping out my bucket so that I'm still compliant at the end of the year um i've decided that along with the current trend um there's a post-imperial pit kit that's in planning um but i've also got a legacy set of armor which has been cut uh, i need an armor party to get to as and when we're allowed to so i can get it formed It'll happen. um yeah it'll happen yeah, it'll eventually. happen we'll get yeah, there. yeah no we'll get there definitely um so i've got i've got two full kits that are planned um, soft parts are pretty much done for them. It's just getting the armor sorted, so get it formed, get it shaped, um, and then get it painted.
3: I'll let her I'm, call. Playing, I'm
2: playing with swords at the moment. cads. I have a <laughs> I have a cortosis sword that um, that I've, that I've uh, built, which is a um, hardwood sword, and then where the fullers have been cut in, um, they've been filled with purple resin. Uh, to give that, give that nice effect to, of of the, of the cool, tasty sauce running through the core, and then I'm I've I've um, I've uh, just sorted my mix at the moment of rub and buff. So I'm using a pewter and ebony rub and buff on the blade to give it the uh, the the metal effect, the blade effect. Nice. I'll let Hikari go before I run off my list. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh,
4: tell me. I missed wearing my kit last year, but I think I fell into a trap many of our listeners may relate to of weight gain. Mm -hmm. So the kit upgrade that I have been working on this year is weight loss. Mm -hmm. Um, I do need to get my kit out in the next month or two for a full sort over. Um, But I am somewhere in Jaren's line of customers to have new gauntlets made. So the the items I have now are downpipe, Sintra, and then detail Sintra. Um, and when I was young, new, and eager, it was it was great, and I didn't mind the weight, and I'd troop all day. And now that I've done this for a few years and I'm a bit more experienced, I don't like my arms hurting at the end of a trip. <laughs> and with three D printing, I I tried a set of gauntlets uh, that a clan member had. And I decided 3D printing is the way to go because it's as if you're not wearing anything at all. It's just, I hope I like sanding in my future. And then second to that will be a post-imperial kit that I'm slowly working on. But it'd be very slow.
3: So for me, um, my third kit cleared in May last year. So has not been trooped yet. So that will be my priority for the first event we can go to. Um, I'm working on, basically, after having built three kits, I looked through all my boxes of stuff and was like, oh, th- there's actually enough stuff to build another one. Um, so rather than chucking stuff out, I just opted to recycle. Um, so I'm building a post-imperial kit with a few added parts. Um, and then looking back to basically do brigade upgrades on my first kit for, for a slight adjustment. And again, after three years or so, it's needed repairs. And again, with the second kit, I know there's some definite repairs required in there. Because the last time we took that out, I think I broke most of the details off the gauntlets. So that's good. Oh, that's link. Yeah, yeah. Scomplink, the rockets,
1: which randomly mm-hmm. got... This is usually the first yeah. to go.
2: Yeah, Um, so repairs, upgrades. This is the um, Toy Story-related kit.
3: (sighs) It it has similar themes in colour to a Toy Story character, yes. Um, Yeah, so it's build a fourth kit and then repairs and upgrades, really. Uh, But I think a post-imperial kit for a lot of us will be a, a lot nice lightweight kit that we can pack away in a much smaller box, and it'll be a lot easier for going either to further away events or smaller events
2: quickly and easily yeah this is going to be a suitcase kit for me my um my post imp yeah i'd like to get i'd like to get north of the wall head up to scotland to do some trooping Um, (laughs) and would certainly be easier to fly up than drive up i think think we being able to pack it away we had an invite to pop over to um europe as well that might be a little more complex this year (laughs) Yeah, we've had a couple of invites to, to, to do some traveling. Um, and then there's always potential Mercs cons in the future. So it'd be nice to have a lightweight kit that you can travel with. Absolutely.
1: All right. Anybody else got anything we'd like to chat about?
2: No, I think, um, I think I'm pretty much covered. And I think we've got a fair amount of news out the way. So uh, it's just if there's anything any uh, any of our listeners want to hear from us in future...
1: All right. Well, I think we'll just close this one off then. Um, so, all right. So that is all we have for this month's edition of Kel Dobby talk radio. Um, I want to thank all of our listeners for sitting through and enjoying that with us. Um, obviously, if there's anything that you would like us to talk about on future episodes, hit us up on the forums. Uh, we're always just a PM away. You can always, we have our own section right on the boards under uh, the news section. You can always send us a thread or ask us a question there. Um, Also, just contact the club via Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Always ask. We're always happy to really talk about basically anything and everything. So please let us know. But um, so I'd like to thank Takur, Hikari, and Jaren for joining me this month. Um, And I would also like to think of something else to say but I got nothing (laughs) edit (laughs) yeah on behalf of myself Takor, Hikari, and Jaren, tune in next time
0: this has been a production of the Mandalorian Mercs Costume Club If you'd like to learn more about the topics discussed on today's show, please visit www.mandalorianmerks.com. The Mandalorian Mercs is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright 2009 Lucasfilm Limited. We hope you enjoyed our show, and we'd love to hear your feedback. Please email podcast at mercs.firespray.net. Until next time, happy hunting.